0: Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the Friday show on the 9320 podcast, where we will be looking back at two stellar results and performances from Manchester City in the past week. Looking forward to one of the biggest matches of the season so far, no doubt, and anything else that may take our fancy, uh, which basically means alcohol. So I'm delighted to be joined this morning by the one and only Steve. Good morning, Steve.
1: Good morning, talking of which I've already started. (coughs) What? No, I haven't. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> not,
0: not put a, well, as my voice seems to be going. Maybe I need to put a whiskey in my coffee. <laughs> to be honest, uh, yeah. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm grand, huh? It's Friday at it last. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, yeah. Well, I was talking about alcohol. So before we talk about directly about football and looking back, I have got an opening question that I think you proposed. Uh, it seems the football league is. I think is it right? It's football league that's pushing this. It's Ipswich and Sunderland predominantly, yeah. Oh, right. which perhaps tells us about their fan base. <laughs> uh, proposing a return to being able to drink alcohol in the stands. I uh, have very mixed thoughts on this, which I think you'd do as well. Uh, so, we have a quick discussion. Should we be allowed to have a pint in our seats? Uh,
1: your thoughts, Steve. I lean towards yes, but. It surprised me this week because when the topic became a you know a talking point, I put some serious thought into it. Whereas previously, I'd just seen it as this great unfair thing where football fans are treated differently yeah. to rugby fans or cricket fans or, or what have you. Um, I've seen it as quite archaic and kind of um, you know something that basically belongs in the past you you think okay well we've moved on now we're from those kind of dark distant days of the 1980s we can be treated as you know normal human beings again and so that was always my thinking but this week I've put some thought into it and and I've looked around as well on different forums and I've really been surprised at kind of the mixed response to it um and what surprised me most of all is I kind of fall into that camp too you know where I've got like I'm kind of on the fence about it, really. In terms of the principle of it, then I'm 100% behind the overturning of this, this kind of uh, rule. Um, but in terms of the practicality of it, you do start to think of you know people on your left and right getting up all throughout the game, kind of you know, edging along, mm. um, going to the bar kind of constantly, um, and you do think of the goal celebrations where bloody idiots chuck pints in the air these days and it's become a thing um just wasting perfectly good beer so those aspects you think oh i can't be bothered with that you know i just want to kind of sit. i'd rather not sit frankly i'd rather stand but if i have to sit i'd rather just sit and watch see i don't want you know kind of all these distractions and loads of and to go home stinking of ale someone else's ale um <laughs> Yeah, but the other will we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we all have accidents. It's happened to the best of us. Yeah. But in terms of the principle of it, it's a no-brainer for me. Um, we should be treated fairly, and like the human beings that we are. Of course we should. Um, so, yeah, it's a really tricky one. I mean, the thing, what we must realise, although this is like a hot talking point right now and it has been discussed, um, and that's great. I mean, it should be discussed. That's something I should say. Um, but what we should realize and remember is that it's nowhere close to to you know reaching the echelons of, of power, uh, and for any real effect to take place, um, that is a long way off. Regardless of how you feel about it.
0: Yeah, I think.
1: I mean, look at the battle just to allow people to
0: stand up in an allocated spot. Mm. I think we can agree. The important the important thing here in this discussion is. It ain't happening. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever you want. It's not happening in the near future anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm very much the same. Your initial thought is, yes, of course you should be able to. This is, you know, we treat treated like scum. Uh, just treat us like normal human beings because, you know, we don't have a different makeup, characteristics. You can't just group us together. We're not different to rugby fans or lacrosse fans or... Well, then you think about the practicalities and it's especially as a match-going fan, I'm already annoyed for most of the 90 minutes of a match (laughs) because I'm near the end of a row that goes down to near where the steps are in the third tier of the South Stand. So for the end, for the first 10 minutes of the match, the last 10 minutes of the first half, the first 10 minutes of the second half and the last 10 minutes of the match, I can't see half the pitch anyway because there's so many people just going about their merry way because they can't sit in the seat for 45 minutes. Uh, And obviously... We all have weaker bladders as we get older, so but <laughs> but many go to the bar in thirty five minutes as well. Uh, yeah, and I, if this was the case, I'd be standing up and sitting down and tutting for the whole ninety minutes every match. And the question is, can you? You can't group football fans together, but can you trust football fans? And uh, you're right. When I've just had a, a quick look at views, you'd think mo- virtually every, every football fan say, "Yes, we should be allowed it." But I see quite a few saying no. It'll just ruin my, you know, the experience of being at a match because it'll just be to-ing and throwing all the time. And can you trust away fans and all that sort of thing? You know, you got away fans on a higher tier celebrating goals. Yeah, you know, a lot of what you said, the practicalities of it, it's not that straightforward. Uh, so I'm splitting away. There is the principle that there's no reason why we shouldn't be allowed to. Let's not forget, we've only just been allowed to drink alcohol in the ground on European nights, even though we've got an organisation sponsored by, you know, who has alcohol sponsors. So the hypocrisy of it is ridiculous. But do we really need it? I don't know. I just think, firstly, the practicalities of it, it would help the queues at half-time, because if people are allowed to go at any time... That's true. people ...people won't all get up at 35 minutes or 45 minutes and then be moaning... But that's something the club could sort anyway, just by hiring more staff. It just seems they're not prepared to. Uh, but the other side, yeah, just how, how how would it affect the crowd? Would it be up and down? Would it be going to get pints all the time? Or we over, would they just bring a couple to the match and it'd be fine? I don't know, to be honest. But I think the important thing is it's unlikely to be something that's happening yeah. in the near future because... I know, I don't know, does it need... I assume it needs government
1: backing, is it? Oh, yeah, license, it has to go... Well, a licensing has, thing, yeah. a motion has to be passed and all kinds of, of malarkey. And, and we're nowhere close to it even getting to that stage. I mean, one thing I'd say as well is I, I, um, I saw a comment on, on a forum, a club forum, where a bloke said, essentially my mates regard me as an alcoholic, and yet, you know, even I can go 45 minutes without having a pint in my hand. Yeah. And that kind of struck a chord with me and, and, and thought, well how much of this is people just liking the idea of it? Because so often you hear people saying, oh, it's different in Bundesliga. Oh, it's so, you know, if you're over to Germany, to a whole different experience. We should be treated like that. Now, we should. Absolutely, 100% that is the case. But how much of that is a fact that when you when someone goes over to Germany to watch kind of um, whoever it may be, Borussia Dortmund, and they're sitting there with a pint in their hand they're loving it because it's a novelty, because they can't do it in England, so they're thinking, oh, this is great, I'm having a pint during the game. Yeah. If that actually became permitted over here, would you really do that every game? I'm not so sure, because, I mean, personally, I quite like the idea of just having a pint at half-time and during the game just watching the football. I mean, that's just me, though. Everyone, of course, everyone's different, but I don't really see the big benefit of just sitting there with a pint in your hand whilst watching the football anyway. You know, if City City score... It gets chucked, you know, don't get chucked in the air, but it's it's going to be kind of a, a danger of spillages at the very least. Yeah, going home stinking of dark fruits is not right. For the day <laughs> out.
0: And that's the thing—the beer there is the choices are terrible at City anyway. So, but yeah, just look at the smoking ban and the huddled mass, whole huddled masses, uh, the oppressed masses huddled on the spirals having a half-time cigarette. Uh, trying not to get thrown out, and how difficult it was to survive that long without a cigarette. Of course, people can survive 45 minutes. There is a principle that, you know, we're treated as second-class citizens. I know Colin Presswitch blue commented on a previous, or maybe on Twitter, I don't know, about the American sports experience. Yeah. yeah, you know, where... And I said, well, don't the games go on there for about seven days? <laughs> it's like, you know... Yeah, but it is, it's different. You can't really compare because the atmosphere, the feeling is different.
1: It's you definitely different. can't compare to America as well because there really is a cultural difference there as regards to, you know, the consuming yeah. of alcohol. I mean, you know, if you have three pints in America, then they're doing an interception for you, aren't they? Yeah. Intervention, and, sorry. And if I was watching a, you
0: know, I was watching an American football game, I think I'd need about five pounds to yeah. get through that to be honest. Yeah. Because I tried watching the Super Bowl, thought I'd give it a go. Someone threw a ball, then they went to a commercial break and it was like hey. <laughs> and they started discussing the throw and it's like, nothing's happened yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, yeah, when a big there's... game's going on and and you're Stop look at starting the Yeah, stop starting a longer, sorry. Well when you when you scroll down your Twitter timeline well when I scroll down my Twitter timeline when a big game's going on in the NFL I think, oh, this is what it must be like for people who don't like football. Just how boring it is because it's just mention after mention of this interminably dull sport that <laughs> yeah. I have no connection to. Oh,
0: yeah, when I see other sports, uh, American sports on Twitter, it's like, oh, God, this is boring. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, you're right, of course. Well, yeah, that's because I don't like the sport. That's what other people are seeing, you're right. So, uh, yeah, I it's not going to happen soon, is it, because, as you say... No. Not so any government really wants to help football fans. You know, they don't want to stir the pot with anything new. Uh, So I can't see it happening.
1: And and even even the the way it's been talked about of being introduced, I just find downright insulting as well. I mean, I understand the the principles behind this, you know, to to not just basically change it all wholesale overnight. Uh, And I know that it's meant well as well. But I've I've kind of read up on it and and I've read about you know oh what we should do is have certain clubs kind of as almost like you know trial clubs yeah uh, and we'll have trial stands and you know see where we go as if we're kind of animals it's like like we've been studied oh they acted quite okay okay in that game okay yeah. right we'll extend it to another club and see how they act there well you know it's just really fundamentally insulting to us as football fans at which is why. In terms of the principle of it, I am one hundred percent behind it. It's just when it comes to the practicality.
0: Now, I do accept that, yeah. You know, if you've got an away, it depends on the layout of the the ground as well. If you've got a waste support above, yeah, uh, yeah, home definitely. Supporters, you can guarantee someone's gonna let the side down and pour a drink over someone below. So,
1: well, they, they're just as you know, likely to throw. Um, you know, kind of soft drinks. Um, you know, it's still liquid yeah. at the end of the day, totally, event, yeah. and they don't currently. So, um, yeah, I, I just, we've got to move past. I think the, the most important thing is we just have to move past this generalized, archaic view that football fans can't be trusted. We can be trusted, and by and large, we're, well, we're no better or no worse than any other sports fans. Yeah. I think the main problem is can human beings be trusted anymore <laughs> and <laughs> uh, most
0: can but as the mi- the minority will probably spoil it for the majority just, just, just not in the voting ballot yeah like most things so. uh, right well yeah I say it'll be interesting to see the debate anyway the, yeah there's, it's always worthy really of discussion there's nothing wrong with debating stuff and discussing the, the options but practically I cannot see this being brought in anytime soon yeah we shall see. I don't know. Uh, right, should we move on? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't think either of us have been on a podcast this week. You've not been on any of the two I reviews.
1: have not,
0: no, no, no. Right, so we can have a quick look. Well, we're going to look back anyway. Uh, two, two more clean sheets, eight more goals scored. Shall we start with Burnley? Uh, now the dust has truly settled, uh, your thoughts on that Burnley match? First of all, you know, should company have been sent off after that, the general performance? Or we are we on a different level now? Uh, if you want to slag off Sean Dice,
1: just feel free to, <laughs> to get stuck into him as well. Because I, I I'm going to. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll be very brief then on Dice and just say I actually loved it because um, I think it might have been Daniel's story or, or someone said on Twitter he's basically used up. Like A few months worth of excuses on, on, on a routine 5 0 defeat, you know, where his team were going to lose regardless of how these kind of um, yeah. refereeing decisions went. So, if he wants to use them all up in, on and waste them on that game, fair enough, great. Um, as regards to company, if he'd gone, I couldn't have complained. I personally don't believe it was a red and I don't believe it was anything to do with how early it was in the game. I think a yellow card was the right decision, but at the same time, I wouldn't have been kicking off if it was a red. It was one of those where it's down to interpretation, really. Um, yeah. The Sane one later on I had more of a problem with. I thought it was so unnecessary. And personally, I think that was a red, the Sane one. I thought it was it was just a hack. Um, I and I'd like to see... The Cardiff player was sent off. Obviously, that was a much bigger oh, It hack. was. Yeah, but yeah,
0: it, so was it was the same situation. It's like the ball's gone, I'm just going to take a swing. Yeah. So it depends at what... What? How far do you have to swing your leg back before it becomes a? I mean, that was a clear red that Cardiff one. Yeah. So this wasn't. This was just a smaller swing, but I don't know where the line is. It may it may be seen as hypocritical if I say this was a yellow when that Cardiff one was the most obvious red. Yeah. I've seen in
1: years. Uh, so but, yeah, it could easily have been red. Wouldn't have affected the result, of course, but. Now, yeah. is that is that your take? If you were the referee that day, would you have given a yellow to Sane? It again, the both both are right on the edge.
0: Yeah. The yellow red. And I'd have to even now, I'm trying not to be biased, trying to look at it saying this was a an Oxford United versus whatever match. Mm. And they're both literally as you say, we could not if there'd been a red, I wouldn't be complaining about it. Yeah. But it's not clear from me. it. I mean Company's clearly going for a bouncing ball, but of course, if you put you stood up and hit someone, you are at risk of being off for violent, dangerous play, violent conduct, whatever you want to yeah. interpret it. There's no deliberation. Yeah, it's not deliberate there, but I appreciate most red cards aren't deliberate anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah, they're both on the edge for me, and I don't think we could have complained if they'd been given. Uh, as for you know, obviously the the red card would have been much much huger consequences early, in the company one, sorry, that early in the game.
1: Well, that's the thing um, I've, I've read and, and I've heard people saying it wouldn't have changed the course of the game. Well, yes, it would. We'd have been down to 10 men after the first minute.
0: Yeah. So, so you know, I think that, it was two years ago Fernandinho was sent off, against at home to Burnley, was it mm, not? And we yeah. battled back to win 2-1, so. Yeah, it wouldn't have been 5-0, I wouldn't have thought.
1: And, and there are concerns as well around kind of Vinny and his rashness in the in the opening, kind of five to ten minutes. Yeah, it's but, always early, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was, there's a pattern formed there, isn't there?
0: Yeah, I say, I'm not that concerned because I now see him as fourth choice. Yeah. And, you know, if our fourth choice does the occasional rash early challenge, well, yeah, I'd be more concerned if it was one of our key players. But sadly, that's not the case with company anymore, you know. That's true. Times have moved on. Anyway, your thoughts generally on the performance anyway. Do you think we've we've stepped it up? Yeah. Other teams, you know, Burnley didn't have a shot on target. Other teams now don't seem to get near a goal, you know, in games like this.
1: Well, you know, that's the the kind of big talking point of this season, isn't it? And and finally, um, you know, it's took a good few games for this to kick in, but people are now starting to think, well, hang on a minute. Last season, we praised to the Rafters how you know, supernaturally good City were. And rightly so, of course. There should have been more plaudits, in my opinion. But, um, you know, let's face it, the media did give due credit to how incredible as much as City side is, in general, at least. Uh, and now this season, you can't just repeat it. You can't. It just gets boring. You can't just say David Silver's an incredible footballer because, you know, if you say that on a weekly basis, <laughs> it loses all kind of pertinence. So mm-hmm. now people are starting to think, well, hang on a minute, that they're not conceding goals either. And so there's a big shift at the moment to City's defence and seeing that in positive terms. And, you know, rightly so. And it's a bit overdue, in my opinion. Uh, And I think the last two games has really brought this to light. Uh, It's now 600 minutes since we last conceded a goal against Burnley you just we're snuffing teams out in the league in the league sorry Uh, no no that's across all competitions the 600 minutes because I've included the Schachter game in that oh no Um, I think there's the Hoffenheim game was in the middle so ah crap that ruins my that that, that ruins my uh, future (laughs) at no but in the league it must be obviously
0: we've only conceded what is it three in the league so Hmm. it may be close to that in I don't know how many games yeah Yeah, that one mistake in the Hoffenheim game yeah early Error has ruined, yeah. How many minutes would it be in all competitions without that goal? So, well, what I if apologize I apologize
1: for re- ruining your stat anyway? So, I, it, well, if, it, if a stat is ruined, then it's no stat at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, what, what fascinates me is the nature in which we're going about it, how it's being done. Um, and I think you have to look as brilliant as Otamendi was last season. Um, and it, you know, I love the guy. But yeah. I think you can kind of boil it down, really, to Laporte to Otamendi. Not in terms of quality, but in terms of the type of defenders they are. Uh, and I think that's embryonic of, of, you know, what changes City have made this season. Because it's, for me, personally, just looking at it with naked eye, and I'm, I'm hardly an expert in this regard. Some people are, you know, like Damo, for example, are really good at kind of analysing games and tactics. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not. No. But just from a fan's eye what I'm seeing is it's more um, proactive rather than reactive. So whereas Otamendi would you know, kind of uh, go in for the, the, the last-ditch tackle and the more physical aspects, Laporte, for me, it's more in his head, it's more positioning, it's more kind of shuffling um, attackers into areas they don't want to go away from danger. And, and the stats do bear this out. So, for example, uh, as I wrote in a, an article last week, Um, If this continues at the current rate, then Edison will face ten less shots than he did last season in the league. The (laughs) defense—this is an incredible one for me. The defense will make let's let me try and yeah, 141 less tackles over the course of a season, which is you know. But what does increase is blocks. So uh, block shots are are actually um, set to rise by over a third. So that does suggest to me that it's more positioning. Like Laporte is basically, you know, right, you go in that area, oh, you, you, you've you gone down a blind alley now, haven't you, so what are you are going to do? Oh, you're going to take a shot, right, I'll stick my leg out and casually block it. Whereas Otamendi is more the hustling, you know, touch tight, getting in a last-ditch tackle kind of defender. And I think that is more suggestive of what we're doing now as, as a team. It's more Pep's master plan coming to compl- completion, really, yeah. um and and just not giving uh opponents a chance to get into these areas in the first place in order to kind of um cause any threat
0: yeah I <clears throat> say there's that yeah that, there's a stats spawn article on about how the league is lying, but we're just yeah, saw a bit that. Later, yeah 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 think yeah yeah the, the figures are just ridiculous uh well, yeah, as you say i just we may, may get fi- i don't think we will get hundred points. Uh, I don't know at all. We may win nothing, and I could still say that I think even if that happens, I think the level's gone up a bit. Yeah, because you know the hundred points don't tell a story. It's like well, we got past Southampton. We didn't play that well. That you know with Sterling's last minute winner or West Ham, and there were a number of games where we just got over the line with you know like United used to with a late goal and. But not all the performances were perfect, and yeah. So the the points total don't tell you everything. Nor does it tell you if the opposition might be stronger this season. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel, yeah, that the, just the absolute suffocation of a lot of you know any teams from like eighth downwards that can't get close to us. But of course, Monday will be a bigger test. We'll see where we're at. Well, uh, yeah. Talking of which, Shakhtar was a bigger test. Uh, they are top of their league by about three points from Dynamo Kiev, I think. Their stats are pretty much like ours. They've only conceded six, I think, scored about 25-6 in 12 games or whatever. You know, big goal difference. Uh, the race, their leading scorer's got ten goals, four assists. Never lost at home to an English side. Mm. Uh, so there were no mugs. So your thoughts on this game, which was, for me, one of our best away performances in Europe
1: your... yeah it was accomplished wasn't it right across the board it was brilliant to see KDB back as well and get yeah. 70 minutes in his legs that was, that was key Morez was looking good um, it, was, it was just a, a fantastic performance all round to be honest uh, I, as you've set it up there this was no gimme by any stretch um, and, but City make it look like that, that that's what really kind of um you know, kind of fills me with so much joy over the last kind of 18 months where you get fixtures and, you know, I can look back at several from last season as well, um, yeah. you know, Spurs Away or whoever that may be, where we're talking on the pods beforehand saying, well, this is going to be a tricky game because on paper it is a tricky game. And then, you know, City just make it look so easy. They just make it look like it's, you know, they're batting away a fly. It's, you know, this was a tricky game and City put in a 10 out of 10 performance and and romped it. At, at, at no stage did they look in any danger. At no stage did I believe for a second it was going to be anything other than three points. Uh, and individually, you can look at performances there and you think, these lads are growing and growing on a weekly basis. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a, a weird experience of watching City away in the Champions League and... You know, you've got your cigar out after 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, so you weren't worried. I mean, no? There was a lot of mischances in that first half. At any point, were you thinking, oh, we're going to pay for this?
1: No, I, I, I kind of do get that feeling quite often, to be to be honest. Um, and, I, and on this occasion, I didn't. I, I have no idea why. I can't analyse why. Uh, well, actually, we both know why. It's because I had a hot stones massage it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to expand on this to people who are listening. Yeah, it was It was supposed to be weeks ago and it was rescheduled. And so, it was, yeah. So I, I finished work early on a Tuesday and I got a hot stones massage. I'm still an alpha male. Yeah. Fun. So... Uh, <laughs> of course you are, Steve. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's how exactly how I see myself. Um, no, but I, I was so thoroughly relaxed from that. So it was just, yeah, a, a completely relaxed performance as regards to watching it. Um, and... They were brilliant, City, and there's and <laughs> I, I, there's a, a, something to be said about does that tell us about anything about the difference between City in the Champions League this season than last? Yeah. But then you remember the performances against Napoli, for example, and you think, well, no, it, it's it, there's no great difference. But you know, it's a it, real test will lie around the corner, and it will lie when we're facing PSG or Real Madrid or or what have you.
0: Yeah, that I think that that win in Roma, I think when Nasri scored the Seville, Seville mm. the, yeah, Seville away was an absolutely magnificent performance for me. So yeah, it's not the first time we've done this, is it? So we can't say. I think when you yeah, know we won in Roma, something. Oh, we've we've taken a step in the Champions League. We've moved on level now because yeah. of them. Uh, I don't think we can start doing that until we really yeah until we properly do it in the big games. So. Uh, yeah, I I was, I yeah, just natural of me to be concerned when we don't take chances. But to be honest, yeah, uh, I think in the second half, started I thought now they're still creating chances, even though we're uh, we're not getting as much possession. Did you think that second half? I think they had more of the ball, which must be a, a first in a city match for years. Mm. Did you think that was deliberate or was City just trying to protect what they had or? Well or we've just underestimated that Shakhtar are a very good side at home yeah. and they are going there's gonna be a response at the start of the second half.
1: That they they had to give a response, didn't they? You know, to kind of um to satisfy their fans really. They've gotta you know, they're at home in the Champions League, they're two 0 down at half time. They've gotta come at us. Um and so it makes sense for City to just drop off then, um, just let them run a bit out of steam, you know, curtail them as best you can yeah. uh, and look to hit them on the break. Um, and then, you know, it worked out perfectly of course with, with Bernardo scoring, what thirty seconds after he come on, yeah. and that just killed the game off. I mean, the key thing for me with City in the Champions League, you know, cliche alert coming up, but it, it's true. Is City have got to learn a bit of nous, a bit of kind of um, game management, and you know, at the highest level here in, in you know in, in on the continent, and to yeah. kill games off. And this was a great example of them doing that. So that was really encouraging.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's look at. Uh, we're going to do a player profile and thoughts were David Silva because obviously against Shakhtar, he was immense again. And he was the one that calmed the nerves with that calm finish to start the scoring off. But I feel we have discussed him. I mean, there's nothing left to say. I I think we agreed on that, aren't we? Uh, He's, he's, uh, yeah. uh, Apart from what statue to have of him. (laughs) uh, Forget the mosaic and the lifelong... Uh completely agree. Ticket. You can have yeah. the IRs. That's not being used. I yeah, we're talking statues. Uh and just hope he maintains it. I don't think there's much more to say, is he's playing
1: as well as ever. Hope he maintains it. Uh so, I, I'd, I'd, just just on that note, sorry to interrupt mate, but yeah, I would on. quite like to see like two statues at City. I'd quite <laughs> like to see Bell, Lean and Summerby um together and you know possibly kind of at the main entrance on both sides and then on the other side. Um, company, Aguero and David. I know a lot of people are going to say, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just for the trio to work, to go against the other trio. Um, I don't know there, but, it's, but yeah, I, I'd like to see that in the future anyway, the kind of, you know, the old and, and the present both commemorated mm. as statues. I've, it don't have to be big statues, I just like the idea of them just being there either side of the main entrance at yeah. uh, the Etihad. Yeah, I've like got a lot of statues, to be honest. Yeah? I, I'm, I'm of the opinion where, yeah you know, I think... Arsenal have oversaturated it, and why um, how many have they? have they got hundreds, so pretty much. I and mean, that whole place is just. I mean, for for one thing, they've got about kind of sixty thousand of them on match days, haven't they? Oof. hey, that's the official match match figures, attendance figures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: probably less than that at the moment. Well, no, it'll be going back up now, anyway. Uh Yeah, and same <laughs> with Bernardo Silva. obviously we, I think we discussed him you know, about being the heir. Uh, so we'll move on from him and even though it's something we have discussed I think it's a good time again to, to look at uh, a certain Mr. Laporte Emirate Laporte came in January Uh, well just your thoughts on him at the moment is he one of the best I think he's the only player in the Premier League to played every minute of every match in the league so far this season Yeah, uh, I, that's when lost the league so that shows what Pep thinks of him I always thought it would be Stones plus A another you know Generally in defence this season, but it's Laporte that's very quickly moved to the top. Uh, your thoughts generally on this on uh, the player it just seems to under the radar, certainly for rival fans,
1: just seems to be getting better and better. Yeah, I, I, I've seen different news outlets describe his start at City as being shaky. Well, that's just a complete fabrication. He's been you know immense from the get go. Mm. Um, as regards to him playing every game. Um Pep did the same with Otamendi last season. Uh so it that might be more a case of, you know, when he's got his primary defender to start with him every game and kind of alternate um your partner. Yeah. As you get into a season. Um that might be a strategy. But it might also be that basically Pep is basing his entire kind of blueprint, his defensive blueprint around Laporte this season. And if that's the case, I'm wholly happy with that. Um when he went down injured in Shakhtar, I, I kind of surprised myself with how concerned I was. You know, we, we, we were talking Sergio levels of worry when he went down. And thankfully, yeah. you know, he, he got straight up. And um, Because he has been, well, I've, I've already said the word, I'll, I'll repeat it, immense. He's just been so stylishly classy. And my, my favourite ever footballer is Franco Baresi. Yeah. I always has been. I, I just adore Franco Baresi. I love that kind of defender, the stylish, kind of cool, you know, almost kind of um, dismissive defender. And he's a very modern incarnation of that type of defender. He's, he's anticipatory. Uh, he reads the game superbly. He's physical as well. That's what I love as well about Laporte. He's got that combination where he's, you know, very continental yeah. in, in his kind of style of play. But he's also a physical little bastard as well, so or a physical big bastard. So, um, yeah, he's been the big plus of the season for me. Um, and it's weird that I enjoy watching him play as much as I w- enjoy watching David Silver play. Because, you know, you're talking ultimately about a creative midfielder and, and a centre-back. But that's how good he is. Uh, is it fair to say that the likes
0: of human stones have not been tested enough defensively yet, pure defending, to judge them? Or is it part of their skill on the world that they're not being tested? Is that the whole It's point? the latter.
1: Without a doubt, it's the latter. You look at kind of um, Anfield, for example, and, you know, the narrative was, oh, well, Liverpool's front three aren't firing. Well, they're firing elsewhere. They were firing in midweek, weren't they? Yeah. Um, you know, that their goals tally between the three of them is, is pretty damn impressive and compares to last season, um, to this point. So, you know, it's the attackers aren't being allowed to cause Edison any great deal of trouble. Which is where this great kind of you know, there's a Twitter account now, isn't it, called Bored Edison or something like that. <laughs> um this great kind of um underlying kind of um joke what well, hopefully will last the course of the season where, you know, Edison is just bored because he's got so little to do. Uh, as seen by him wandering into midfield during the Shaftesburg game. How do you
0: feel about that? I think it's it's the recent post I saw. He was was just making cheese
1: on toast on a radiator (laughs) after the match. But how how do you feel about... Because I saw someone, again, I saw someone on Twitter really kind of kick off about that, saying, look, basically what we've got is this perfect system in place. We can break records, we can, you know, amaze... You know, future generations with our stats in the record books, and he is putting all that at risk unnecessarily. Even if we're three nil up at the time, you know, he's risking the loss of a clean sheet by kind of herring out of his goal and doing what, what this uh, Twitter regard as silly things. Personally, I'm of a complete opposite opinion, and I love having this kind of you know, I love having Balotelli in, in our title winning side, for example. You know, I love having the wild card and if we're that good, we can allow our goalkeeper to be our wild card. great. It's, it's just entertainment. He's a
0: proactive keeper, so always, yeah. you know, he plays on as a sweeper sometimes. or Well, yeah, as a... a but some, up, but some a, are, w- are ne- unnecessary. You, a like you goalie, yeah. Uh, he'll make a mistake once or twice a season. Uh, last season, bad timing, Liverpool away. Not that bad timing, because it made no difference to the league campaign. Just yeah, you know, there are other factors at play there. Uh, yeah, that what you know. We know what he is. He's, he's proactive. I don't think he was really doing it out of boredom. He was looking to sweep <laughs> up a, a through ball. I can't remember how it all started. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably, if we put it down as a mistake, a, foot, a footballer made a mistake. It's no different to a defender not marking a man or something. So yeah, you know, he's not someone. He's not stuck to his line. So uh, and they are far more. We all know, far more pros than cons to that approach. So, at some point, he will hair out Mister Ball. He did away at Hoffenheim, didn't he? Mm. Uh, It bounced more than he thought, and Sane tracked back, thankfully. To yes, so that could have been costly. Yeah. So I'm not dismissing it. It's something. Basically, I'm sure Pep's aware of it, and it will have been mentioned if they think it's a problem. So, yeah, uh, he's got to. Yeah. As always, if you're keeping, you do that, you've got to get the ball. It it all depends on that. There's no room for error. Uh, So maybe, maybe in his mind, he'll know better. I mean, obviously, he got away with it this time, so he got the ball and he passed it off. But in his mind, he should be evaluating it himself
1: if he wants to improve as a goalkeeper, so... Yeah, I, and just on a, on a you know kind of a, a less important note, it's it's also really funny.
0: Yeah, at three deal I can
1: uh, I can allow it. But yeah, we want those clean sheets. Oh they do as well more than we do. That's the thing. I mean, the, the lady on Twitter does make a good point in that regard. It's um, you know, potentially. I, I know what you said before about us not getting to hundred points this year, and you know, I'm with you on that. But if we can, you know, really put in a season that replicates the last, then Oh my God! I'm not. I'm moving away from Edison here because obviously, be odd mistake it isn't going to make a great deal, deal, deal difference to that. But um, yeah, by May we could have two seasons in the bag, which compete with any other seasons, you know, in top mm. flight football. And then all those people who said last year when they were witnessing, you know, a, a phenomenal football side um, yeah. playing reinvented football and they had the gall to say, oh, but we need to do it on a consistent level. They have to kind of win back-to-back titles. Well, let's hope that they come out of the woodwork and kind of say, okay, you know, this is a truly great football team. Yeah. Because that's what they are. You know, that's who we're supporting right now. We're, we're supporting a, a, a football team that is right up there. I mean, you know, not against kind of, you know... um, a really good Arsenal team, or a really good kind of, um, you know, Mancini City team, or whatever. we're talking that other level. We're talking right up there, alongside maybe three or four other football teams that's ever played in Great Britain. And that's who that's who we're supporting right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I heard two people, at least two on other podcasts, yeah, you know, non City ones, uh, mm. say that we well, we are clear favourites for the Champions League. Yeah. Which, which just made me anxious for the rest of the evening, to be honest. Yeah. And that, so I was like, oh, my God, <laughs>
1: uh, which I guess we are, but, yeah. And, and the, should that happen again, you know, there is, that, that, that just puts the tin cap on it then, doesn't it? You know, it's, um, the, the concern after that is kind of how long can this be kind of sustained? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, that, that is a genuine long-lasting worry for me is that the intensity not only of, of the team, but of, you know, Pep Guardiola and what it takes out of him. You think, you know, I, I read some other day where, uh, I think after Pep's interview he gave, and someone said, oh, by the looks of it, you know, Pep's really around for the long term here. I don't think he can do that at any club. Yeah. And I no. Think, no matter who that club is.
0: Yeah, sorry, I think, my thoughts is that Arteta takes on. Yeah. My thought is that Arteta is the next manager. And he tries and carries on exactly what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, that he's he's got exactly the same philosophy now. Uh, Which again, you know, sorry to interrupt, my, but again, you can look at Shankly, and then you can look at the boot room, you know, kind of yeah. uh, thinking at, at Liverpool, and you look at you know, obviously Paisley, my God, what what a manager Bob Paisley was. But then you look at the success that Liverpool had under Fagan. Nothing wrong with Joe Fagan; he's an incredibly brilliant coach. But you know, as a, as a manager, um, you wouldn't have said when he came when he succeeded. That he'd be, you know, he could replicate, you know, yeah. Paisley Shankley, but he did because you, what you've got there is is kind of a template, yeah. And so, yeah, that that's encouraging.
0: Uh, right. Very quick before we look ahead, just one other player, uh, Marez The front three were electric, and yet, kind of wasn't their night. I missed chances and so on. Mm. Uh, he was part of that. Uh, what's your thoughts generally, though? On are we seeing the proper Mares now? The player that we. We expected when we signed him. He's our uh, record,
1: yeah. Buy after all, yeah. It's been a somewhat of a surprise to me how kind of long it took to integrate him, given that you know his style of play is a natural fit for City, and you know he, he's well attuned to kind of Premier League football. So um, I was surprised, to be honest, to see kind of a gradual integration of him, uh, and now we're seeing, yeah, the, the Mores that we saw at Leicester, um, the Mores who who will you know, kind of grow and become a more influential element of his team. Um, and the, as regards to his confidence, uh, I was really angry at the, at the whole penalty incident at Anfield. Um, mm-hmm. But you've got to give him a load of credit for how he's just basically retained that confidence in, in the games that that kind of followed.
0: Yeah, agree. agree. Uh, is there a pecking order now or...?
1: It seems to be, yeah. I mean,
0: say, do you think he'll be as much a regular as Sarney and Sterling then?
1: Well, yeah, it could well be a case of by the season's end they're pretty much all got the same amount of games and a minute under the belt. Uh, it seems to be where, you know, I, I can't really put one ahead of the other at this point. Um, I personally would, you know, in the big games, um, would always start with Sterling because of the difference he makes to, to the front three. You know, yeah. I've, I've said it many, many times he's the chaos maker, and you need a chaos maker. Um, so, personally, I would start with Sterling. And I think, perhaps, of the same opinion as well. I think, you know, we're, we've known for a long time as City fans, but the rest of the footballing world are waking up now to not only how good Raheem Sterling is, but how impactful he is. Yeah. You know, what he brings in terms of the stats and, and the kind of, you know, the real impact he makes on a football team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, chaos. he caused chaos against
0: Shakhtar, uh, but against Burnley, of course, Riyad Mahrez was man of the match, and everyone yeah. was raised eyebrows around me when it was announced in the ground, which is bizarre, because he set up, I know David Silva was great that day as well, uh, but he set up three guilt-edged opportunities, I think, that weren't taken in that match, plus scored a brilliant goal himself, so... Not really that surprising, was it? I think he was a worthy man of the match for me. So, Uh, yeah, it's good. I think we're we're seeing more of him now. Uh, Bit of a culture change for him, you know, from Leicester to City. Obviously, he's won the league. He's been there, but it wasn't expected. Uh, This is the biggest, you know, biggest stage he's ever played on, Uh, and that comes with its own, you know, mental
1: challenges in a way. Yeah, and a price tag as well. You know, Leicester didn't pay a lot for him. You know, he was. Uh, under no, you know, huge pressure at Leicester to kind of um, to perform, and uh, and then when he became the big fish in a smallish pond, um, you know he reveled in that. And so the concern is, you know, when when a player then moves to a big club, can he then kind of be, you know, a medium-sized fish in a bigger pond? Yeah. And he can, you know, he's got he's got cockiness about him, he's got an arrogance about him in the right right way, um, as illustrated by that kind of um, penalty and his always well, bounced back from that. Indeed.
0: Right, let's look ahead now. Uh, before we look at City, the Monday game, are you expecting any slip-ups from City's title rivals, of which there are still many in the league, bizarrely? Uh, <laughs> Chelsea have the most difficult test away at Burnley. Uh, though I'm not convinced how big a test that is. But yeah, I don't know which Burnley... I still don't know which Burnley we'll get in this season, to be honest. Uh now, City could, of course, kick off on Monday and fourth, and end the day, end Monday night in fifth. Uh, does that matter at this stage? And what do you think of our rivals? Of the, do you see them all winning this uh, this weekend? Uh,
1: yeah, I do. Um, Liverpool are at home to Cardiff, aren't yeah, I? you can scratch that one off for starters. Yeah, it's a home banker, isn't it? And, um, and I, I'm, I agree with you about Chelsea's trip to Burnley. It's one that on paper looks tr- tough, but you would. Be surprised if they don't kind of prevail there. Um, so yeah, City could very easily be fourth on Monday um, with a very kind of tricky test against you know very good opponents who have enjoying their best start to a Premier League season. Don't forget Spurs yeah. um, on on a you know a filthy cut off pitch as well. So. You know, going into the game in fourth position doesn't concern me at all because you know we haven't done anything; we haven't kicked a ball. It's just circumstance. Um, but should we lose on Monday, then we'd be fifth, and you know, in terms of points, it doesn't matter. But in terms of mentality and how it looks, you, you know, you've got a week there where where you're fifth, um, and given how incredible City have been this season, that would just be bizarre. Well, oh, I say it's the strangest of
0: tables. Uh, yeah. I think in the 120-ish year history of the top flight football, apparently about, eight, I think it's 83 teams have won se- seven of the first nine games, at least. Mm. they 83 in 120 years. Spurs are one of them, and they're fifth. So, you know, it's less than one a year Normally, yeah. a team would have won seven of the first nine. Yeah, a team's done it this year, and they're fifth in the
1: table. Uh, four, is it four teams, or is it three in the Premier League who have done it? Uh, you have a season, I mean. Um, uh, I don't know about us. Yeah. Well, Obviously, we have
0: Liverpool, Chelsea. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but we've obviously won seven, haven't we? And yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool must have done. Uh because we're both won, does, seven, does it, won two, I, I imagine. So there's at least three teams. I don't know about Chelsea Chelsea had won twenty one, yeah.
1: so. City, Liverpool, uh, Arsenal and Spurs have all won seven. seven of in the first nine games. Yeah. So. Does, yeah, because does yeah, Arsenal will have lost two games. Sorry? Uh, does that suggest to you that their, the gap is widening in the Premier League? No, I
0: because think it's a, No, sorry, I've put it in. It's just a freak occurrence for me. Yeah? I don't okay. think we're not going to see five teams jostling for the title come April.
1: No, no, but I mean, there has been a severe lack of, you know, kind of like Brighton beating United is the only one that comes to mind, to be honest. Yeah. Where, where we're talking there about Cardiff going to Liverpool in three years ago, whatever, and Cardiff were last up in the Premier League. You can imagine them getting a, a surprise there, um, or you know, Burnley against Chelsea. You think, well, that's got a draw, you know, possibility of a draw there. Yeah. Uh, and now you, you don't see it that way. It's um, so it seems to be from kind of thirteenth down. These clubs, so far this season, haven't been able to land a punch yeah. on the on the, the top six.
0: No, that's a fair point. I, yes, I've not got the stat to hand, but it is like you know against the bottom whatever teams, the top six have won mm. virtually every game. There's only like a couple that ha- they haven't. So yeah, maybe the gap is widening, but I'm not sure to be honest. It's, you know, like teams like Wolves. That have come up a, a spent, you know, spent and are competitive. I expected Fulham to be better, be competitive, and they may still be. Mm. Cardiff, I just think are a terrible team, and the Premier League always has one of them. Yeah. Uh, and you've got other issues. Newcastle have just got their own issues, but they should be much better. Uh, yeah, bright and Brighton, Bournemouth, they they can land punches. So on their own ground, at least. Yeah, I think there is obviously. The big teams will, all, you know, there's always that threat that they'll just get more and more powerful because they've got more and more money. But I don't think we can write off the smaller teams just yet. I say small teams, they're lower down the table anyway. Yeah. Uh, but maybe there is. Maybe we will just, maybe, I mean, you know, you look at that table, there is, after Spurs, there is a big, there's a four point drop to Bournemouth who we wouldn't expect to be there, mm. you know, in sixth place. And, yeah, you know, you've got plenty of teams near the bottom who have way under one point, yeah you, know, you look to stay up you look in the old days you used to look to get at least one point per game and get around you know forty points yeah uh, and there's there's
1: eight eight teams who've got less than one point a game at the moment yeah yeah I was gonna say the same thing where where people are saying about this seven wins out of nine and how unusual it is well, if you look at kind of fourteenth down there's one two three four five, there's six teams there. Who have lost six or more in yeah. their nine? I mean, yeah. that that must. I, I don't know the stats myself, but you know that must be unusual, surely. And um, for six teams to basically, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: as you say, not not a massive point in the game.
0: Yeah, th- maybe it is the start of a trend, but I still think the current league table is a bit of an outlier. But we shall yeah. see. Let, let's look at it again in a few months' and see if uh, And that's why you know if City and the End this round of fixtures in fifth. I mean, the thing is, by then we'll have played Arsenal away, Liverpool away, Wolves mm. away, which I think is a difficult one. Yeah, and Spurs away. Uh, so four of the top seven or eight. Yeah, you know, we've done half of our hardest away games. I think. Yeah, though we'll not have done many of our home hardest home. But you always you always fancy City at home to anyone. So yeah, it's it's. I don't think it tells a true story at the moment, uh, that league table. And, you know, if, if we slip down, so be it. It's more a point of where we are in February not where we are in October. So, mm. uh, Right, looking ahead to Spurs, just quickly, the thoughts that we're having to play on a Monday night, that pitch always already looks like a cabbage patch. There's, of course, the American football match on Sunday. God knows what it looked like on Monday. Are you still
1: annoyed that City of been dealt this sand and yeah, oh to. yeah, yeah. It, it, Spurs do not come out this well, and they've received far too little kind of criticism for it in the media. Um, and I believe that to be a case. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that there is, um an overriding narrative in football or everything's hunky-dory and you know all these kind of happy smiling families go to games and it's you know all these great superstars playing lovely attractive football yeah. and that is for the mutual benefit of you know the, the football association and the premier league and the clubs and the media too yeah, you know, because obviously they sell a great deal of, of kind of content from that so i think this kind of um the way spurs are of have acted and the way City fans have been kind of treated, um, it is kind of just go, it, it's, it's con- it contradicts that, you know, it just shows that the murky cesspit that is modern day football. Um, because City fans have been treated appallingly and, you know, thank God we have a club stepped in and refunded uh, rail and coach travel for non-refundable purchases. But that should have been Spurs doing that. And the fact that Spurs haven't put their hands in their pocket they do not come out of this well at all, um, and then, as you say, we move on to the pitch, and Wobertide, if 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 Laporte gets injured this Monday night by kind of going down on on a kind of a crevice of a pitch, then um, yeah, let's let's take it from there because that will not. I mean, the whole thing is just a shambles uh, from start to finish. Frankly, with, with Spurs in their stadium, um, and why should City? suffer and most importantly of all why should city fans suffer
0: yeah well is it the pitch concerns is it more standard of play or you were is it were you worried about injuries on that pitch or, or just both, well, yeah, I mean, both teams both. like to play football
1: so it's, yeah I mean, the quality play. of football I mean so be it if a if quality of football dips then so be it because it's just you know unavoidable that there's this kind of American football game 24 hours earlier it's a one-off you know it's you, you would you're unlikely to see a quality of pitch like that uh, for the rest of the season. Um, so, so be it. But injuries is a real concern and has a you know can kind of have a significant impact on both Spurs and City. Um, Spurs have been unlucky with injuries this season. Um, you know the last thing they want is to lose like a Lucas Moura or, or you know Lamella, who have been great for them. Mm. Um, and as with City, you know. Like I say, if I see Laporte go down, or if I see David Silva go down due to that pitch, then you know all hell will pay.
0: Uh, right, yeah. Now the Spurs, you say the best start to a season again under the radar in a way. The, as we've seen this week, they've you know really struggled in the Champions League. It's not looking good for them there. After the Reese's uh, howler and the late equaliser of PSV. But in the league, one seven out of nine, they're in fifth, but they're you know, the one win away from going to first. Uh, if some bizarre set of results came in this weekend. Uh, is this Pochete you know, I think we've discussed previously, in fact, I'm sure we have, think by anyone, uh, in the summer. Their stadium costs are I think they've had to, I think they've borrowed about five hundred million now. they've had to borrow an extra hundred million, been delayed. Financially they could have big troubles ahead. Uh, but on the pitch, still doing it. Uh, is this Pochettino's best achievement to date? Yeah. Uh, and with players out especially as well. Uh, yeah, Are you still impressed with what the job he's
1: doing. Yeah, absolutely. He In every aspect as well. He In terms of off a pitch, he's straddled that kind of um, difficult line of remaining a, a company man whilst keeping yeah. the fans on side. I mean, that was something even... Alex Ferguson couldn't do, you know, that is a very tough line to kind of, to walk. And he's done that superbly. Um, and he's not bitched, he's not moaned, uh, and he's just got on with the job. And that squad was in, you know, a real kind of um, danger of stagnating and what they needed over the summer was investment um, to both strengthen the squad, but also just, you know, put some fresh impetus into it as well. And he was denied that. So what he's done is he's basically coerced really good performances out of fringe players, Um, like Harry Winks, for example. Um, You know, Lamella has been fantastic. And he's got over all his obstacles put in his way. So, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Pochettino anyway. Um, But I think his stock has has risen even more over the last two months.
0: Uh, Obvious question. Who are... Oh, it might. Well, it may seem obvious. Who are Tottenham's biggest threats and where can they hurt City? Uh, now, last season, of course, it was actually a title-winning... We didn't know at the time. A title-winning performance. We were absolutely pretty damn good at uh, mm. at Spurs, winning 3-1, I think. Uh, and obviously, when the, t- the title was ours the day after, after United lost at home to West Brom. Are you, do, you, uh, do you see it being a similar game, or...? Do you see Spurs getting much more into this game?
1: It's hard to call, to be honest, on the type of game and how, how the a narrative of the game goes. Um, it really does depend on um, Spurs because you know how City are going to kind of set up. You know how City are going to be, um, and it's just whether kind of Spurs can kind of get at us, um, particularly in the opening thirty minutes, um, and, and kind of make a real game of it. So. I'm concerned about Lucas Moura. I think he's, you know, he's got an atrocious um, kind of political sensibilities given that I learnt last night that he was someone who was supporting that Brazilian far-right guy. Yeah. 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 Him and Ronaldinho as well. I nearly cried. Um really? So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. All well, I can say, I know mean, we're going a bit very
0: off-piste here. Uh, the, the country's such a mess. I can I don't don't support their you know these views whatsoever, mm. but this is what happens you know, when a country in the mess people just want someone who promises to fix them and that's what we're seeing all over the world now yeah people supporting yeah. horrible people but yeah anyway yeah well I guess we have off. to live in that country to truly understand some people's uh, perspectives
1: I guess I, what yeah. a nice man he is not no 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 pro torture and and all the rest of it so yeah yeah. Um, so I, let's let's hope Lucas More uh, So you, you know, get everything on this Friday show, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: finish it off with uh, Brexit, by the way.
1: Well, well, a, a friend of mine writes for the, the Rio Times. A, a Weird kind of backstory. He's from Blackburn, and he now writes for the Rio Times. Out there, he's got a, he's got <laughs> a, you do, your, yeah, yeah he has got like a, a wife and two kids, and he got in touch last week and said, "Is is it Botanero? I can't remember his name, but the." Um, the guy who's basically now the firm favourite to be president, he said when he gets in, we're moving to England. Wow. You know, that's how bad this guy is. Yeah. You know, we're talking another level on even like, you know, Trump. And there's Lucas Mora and Ronaldinho supporting him. So, yeah, let's hope he has a, a real poor game on Monday, Mora. But he does concern me and Lamella does too. Uh, obviously, Kane is, is, you know, the outstanding kind of candidate of someone who you'd be concerned about. Um, so yeah, they've got a lot of lot of threats. Of course, they do. Yeah, and um, Ericsson was back to his best, I think, against you know in the Champions League
0: against PSV. So yeah, he's obviously the one standout for me as well. The,
1: the Ericsson Kane. Yeah. I, I, I love to watch him. Yeah, I won't, yeah, that that won't be the case on Monday, but ordinarily, I love to watch him. He's just one of those players; isn't he? he's a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to call though on the narrative of the game. Um, I, I really don't know. Which way it's going to go? To be honest, yeah. uh, what about yourself?
0: No, I don't. I don't think we can just. I mean, i would say all the talk is that the stats line City are even better than what we're seeing, and that we're dominating. We snuff teams out, but I don't. I'm not convinced we will do that against Spurs. i not. We'll see. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's a great unknown this this game. You know, they're full of great players. They're not just going to let us walk all over them. It's a big test, so it should be interesting. Uh, yeah I don't know what to expect I really don't uh, obviously a draw would not be a disaster but this is a game we can easily win we are still better than them uh, and who knows what approach you'll take you know no right back again John Stone's <laughs> floating over there and you yeah, know well, yeah, I say as you said earlier it's like these are tactics that you know that confuse people like us it's like well where's yeah. the right back who's covering it's like, <laughs> But, you know, the team seems to understand where they should be at the moment. You know, that pitch split up into its little sections and, Mm. you know, the the wide players coming in field and Bernardo Silva dropping back and it's like, yeah, it's all, like, mind-bogging. I don't know what team he'll put out, so it's hard to say, but, yeah, it should be an interesting game and, of course, the pitch may play a part. Uh, So, very quickly, we'll we'll wrap up soon. Uh, What... Who would you go as a front three again? Aguero back in perhaps,
1: yeah. Sane Aguera.
0: Sterling back out wide, or
1: will he be a bit more cautious? No, I, I think that, that's exactly what it will be. Aguero, Sane, Sterling. Uh, Aguero's strike rate against Spurs is phenomenal. Um, he just can't stop scoring against Tottenham, so that that should be a factor too. Um, so yeah, the, the, I, I don't expect any surprises, frankly, in, in the lineup. Expected, you know, De Bruyne and Silva uh meant well so no Bernardo of, then uh, no I, well it, it ah. all depends on kind of um, De Bruyne and whether he's you know with the quality of the, with the state of the pitch uh, that might be in Pep's thinking um, yeah. and at the back I, I do actually expect Walker to start and yeah. it's being more traditional 4-3-3 yeah.
0: i just have a small hunch Bernardo might pop up on the right instead of it's Mahrez, Sane, Sterling on the left. I don't know. I mean, literally, I'm just picking names, but I've just got a feeling he might pick him rather than two out-and-out wide players, but mm. I don't. have no reason to back it up. It's just a hunch that he'll pick ball players, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, okay, well, seems a long way away. <laughs> seems a long way away, the Spurs game. Uh, mm. So, yeah, but it should be a very interesting game. Yeah, predicted score then to finish off.
1: I think it'll be 3-1 City.
0: Right. Uh, I'm going to go for 2-1 to City. I think we'll just about do it in a Mm. tough game. Uh, Right, well, I think we've covered everything. We'll leave the Brexit discussion for another time. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Steve, for coming on today. Pleasure. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll obviously have, uh, for subscribers, loads more shows. Uh, Obviously doing a review of the Spurs match and looking ahead to packed fixtures with Fulham coming up Southampton and a lot, lot more besides. So, thanks for listening and until next time, goodbye. Up the blues.